0: For himself and the front passenger, there were squat submachine guns made angular as he fitted the magazine sticks. The quiet in the car was fractured by the heavy metallic clacking of the weapons being armed. Last to be taken from the bag was the hammer, a shiny varnished handle of new wood, weighted with its grey painted iron head. They had a man to lift this time a man of their own age, their own fitness their own skill. It would be harder than the last one, because that had been a child. How this one would react, there was no way of knowing. Whether he'd fight, whether he'd struggle, whether he'd be a fool. The man in the back fingered the hammerhead, stroking its smoothness with his fingers. And in all their minds was the thought of the welcome the big man would provide if there was a failure, if the car came back empty if the cash investment were not repaid. No room for failure, no possibility. The big bastard would skin them. From behind his ample bottom, muffled by his trousers, came the screech of static noise, and then the call sign. He wriggled round, heaved his bulk so that it no longer suffocated the radio, pulled the device clear and to his face. They hadn't used this system before, but this was an advancement. This was progress. He's coming it is a Mercedes, and he is alone, only the one. For each man in the car, the distorted and distant voice brought a syringe of excitement. Each felt the tension rise and writhe through his intestines, felt the snap of stiffness come to his legs, clasped at the security of the guns. Never able to escape it, however many times they were involved, never a familiarity with the moment when the bridge was crossed and spanned, when the only road was forward. He'd skin them if they failed, the big man would. Did you hear me? Did you receive? We hear you, spoken with the gray lips against the built-in microphone. Big and large and fat and juicy. That was what the big man called it, a couple, a foreigner, and with a renowned company behind him, a multinational, and they'd pay up well, pay fast, and pay deep. A billion lira in this one. That, for minimum. Could be two billion. Spirals of knots filling the mines. What was two billion to a multinational? Nothing. A million and a half dollars. Nothing. The man in the back switched off the radio. Its work completed. Burdening silence filled the car again. All ears strained for the drive of the heavy Mercedes engine. When it came, there was a whine of the low gear the careful negotiation of the pitfalls of the road, creeping forward, cutting distance, the growing thunder of the wasp wings as the insect closed on the web the spider has set. The driver, Varni, half-turned, winked and grimaced, muttered something inaudible and indistinct, gave Mario in the front, Claudio in the back, the curl of a smile. Come on, nerves building in the back. Time to go get the package, Vanny raised his voice. Time to go pluck the rooster. He thrust the gear lever forward, eased his foot onto the accelerator, nudged the car out into the narrowness of the road as all three peered left, upwards to the bend. Claudio shouted, Go, Vanny, go! The car surged forward, swinging right with the tires protesting across the loose roadside gravel. The wrench of the brakes took Mario and Claudio unawares, punching them in their seats. Thirty meters in front of the Mercedes, they bucked to a stop across the road, blocking it, closing it. The drumroll of action as the passengers dragged the stockings over their heads, reducing their features to nondescript contours. This was a moment for Vanni to savour, the visible anger of the driver as he closed in on them. He knew the man's background, knew he'd been nineteen months in the country, and saw framed in his overhead mirror the caricature of the Italian gesture of annoyance. The flick of the wrist, the point of the fingers, As if this were a sufficient protest, as if this were a common driver's altercation. Varney had the door beside him and the one behind him crash open. As he spun in his seat to see the scene better, there was the impact of splintering glass, vicious and vulgar. He saw Claudio, hammer in one hand, machine pistol in the other, at the driver's door and Mario beside him and wrenching it open. A moment of pathetic struggle, and Mario had the collar of his jacket and was pulling him irresistibly clear making it hard for himself, wriggling the stupid bastard. But then, the men usually did.